We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome in to Take Command. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson, and this is our preview podcast for the Commander's game against Green Bay. Logan, it feels like forever since this team has actually played, in part because the Thursday night game obviously played a week ago. Uh, today as we record this a week ago yesterday as most people are hearing it Uh, so you have a little bit longer than your Sunday to Sunday rhythm but also considering all of the news on and off the field it just feels like forever since this team's actually played a game I mean it has I mean it's been a while right I think also like some of the other media stuff has made it you know like there's more stuff going on outside that makes it uh, a different news cycle but I do think that yeah it's been a while since the team has played a game and excited to check it out do you ever like? Do you ever remember anything like that as a player? Not necessarily like this much, but I don't know. You played here, so I'm sure there's some off the field story at some point that uh, took away a lot of attention. But like, just in general, that Thursday to Sunday rhythm, like, how different does it feel uh, as a player? I mean, it's really nice actually because you do get some time off. Like in season, usually you get zero time off, and people say, "Oh, well, you guys get um, you know Tuesday off normally or Monday, depending on how the coach wants to do it." But you're in the building on those days, right? You're kind of getting ready mentally for whatever's coming up. And so the nice thing about having a, this this practice schedule or this different kind of week distribution is that you get a day, you know, usually that is just your day. So, you know, go sleep, go to the mall, do whatever you're going to do. And it's just a nice kind of decompress, then get back into the work. Um, so I, I always kind of enjoyed Thursday night games, not the week leading up, but the week after, because you got, like you get an extra day and um, you, you know, you'll practice still probably like, so you play Thursday, probably coming on Friday, watch the film Saturday off Sunday practice Monday off and then get into your normal work week, which is again, it's just nice to have a little bit more time to kind of let the body heal up and feel better. Would you have watched the Packers game if you were playing? Like, would you have watched it live? Probably. Yeah. If like, you know, sometimes guys get together, you know, it depends on when it was. And um, like, you know, if it's a primetime game, for sure, a lot of guys would go back in the day to like Buffalo Wild Wings, have a couple of beers and, you know, hot wings and just watch, you know, maybe the first half together as a group. And it's tough. It's tough watching football like that with a bunch of guys who are really into football because it's not a very like soothing experience because everyone's like, <laughs> really like they're more dialed in than they probably should be you know and it's like uh so yeah but guys guys would do that for sure do you bring a notebook would you be like all right guys let's <laughs> no. go i was pretty chill in that situation because i'm like this is i'm not i'm gonna actually watch this for real later yeah you know like for right. real and meaning like i'm gonna do my actual prep on this game later i would usually just watch it to kind of it's there's something different you know like when you're in season like you watch exclusively all 22 usually and there's something different about actually watching a game because you get a feel for kind of the ebbs and flows, offense, defense, and special teams. So you'll be watching a game that, like, you know, on all, all 22, and you'll have no idea that they blocked the punt or they uh, muffed a snap or whatever, you know, whatever it is that started the drive because you're just watching clips. And so to see it kind of take place in real time, be like, oh, that, that was a big deal, right? Oh, that guy should have fair caught that punt or whatever it is. And then kind of seeing that stack is always 
just kind of gives you a different perspective, which is nice. All right. Uh, as we get into the Packers, um, their offense is a mess right now. Sure. Um, Aaron Rodgers' thumb is clearly bothering him. But what else is going on with that offense where it's it's gone from Rodgers winning two straight MVPs and incredibly prolific to whatever version this is right now where they're averaging points per game the same as Washington is? And we've talked, obviously, at nauseum on how, uh, how much Washington's offense is struggling. So I think we should maybe break this up into a couple parts. I, I think it all kind of starts with Aaron Rodgers. And I know he's a little bit banged up or whatever it may be, but he is not playing at a way in a way that's even near kind of an MVP caliber. Um, he's struggling to kind of read defenses. He's not, not struggling to read defense. He just doesn't look overly confident in what his receivers are doing. He doesn't look overly confident in the offensive line protection. In a lot of ways, it looks like kind of how Carson's looked the past couple of weeks. You're like, man, you know, Aaron, you got to kind of make that throw. Or you should make that read. Or why'd you put the ball so much air on that ball? There's all these kind of little decisions. Now, there's still flash plays, but he definitely looks unsettled. And again, some of that's, you know, it's, it's multifactorial. You can talk about the receivers. Um, losing Adams, I think, has been a huge deal for him. He's They've got Romeo Dubs. They've got um, Alan Lazard, who's been probably his most consistent target of that group. But nobody that I think you can, like, turn to and say you are going to win versus man-to-man coverage. I saw an inter- inter- interesting statistic recently on PFF about how they are seeing more man-to-man coverage in high-leverage situations than they've ever seen before. A little bit of that's the skill position, guys, but this the author of this article was kind of postulating that defenses are doing that to get Aaron to throw low percentage, you know, kind of seams, big box fades, fades, which are traditionally very good against man, especially when you have a guy like Adams on the roster, to kind of encourage them to to be in bad situations on fourth down because those are often falling incomplete. Because again, while Alan Lazard is good in that area, he's not Adams. And while Dubs has shown some proclivity, I think he had some big plays. I forget who it was against the New England Patriots, I want to say. Um, it's not as consistent as it was. So there's that element. And then there's also the trust element. You can tell guys are running wrong routes. They're running into each other. They're just not as sharp as that offense has traditionally looked. So that's just the skill position, guys. Obviously, Aaron has his own culpability in that. And then the offensive line, I think, is maybe the biggest difference from last year. Like last year, that group was playing, you know, not a not necessarily a bunch of big name guys necessarily, but a bunch of guys who were playing better collectively as a group. And they've had to move some pieces around. And it's really impacted their efficiency. And so, like, I've been reading a lot of Green Bay stuff, like you do when you're prepping for a week. They're talking about how A.J. Dillon looks terrible. Aaron Jones looks like he's lost a step. And to me, that criticism comes from poor line play and guys mm-hmm. not understanding exactly what they're doing. Because, like, when I see, you know, A.J. Dillon is still making the first guy miss or breaking a tackle, and Aaron Jones has still got tremendous bursts. Like, check out the New England game. He was he looked excellent in that game. And um, and so the O-line to me is the biggest differentiator. And obviously scheme. They've kind of got away from some of the stuff they were really good at last year. They're running A.J. Dillon from the like the sidecar gun position, which is not like where you want a 250-pound back, in my opinion, running from. So I do think that there's a lot of things going on there. There's scheme, the O-line. There's um, you know the skill position guys and their lack of maturity. And then Aaron Rodgers. So I think there's a lot of elements there that make this offense look not great. So when you talk about the scheme stuff, let's start there. Like, is that choices that LaFleur and company you think are making because they 
don't trust their O-line or they don't trust their skill players or they don't have the, the horses to do that stuff anymore? Or is sure. it just a, a shift in philosophy that happens season to season? And there's a potential that they shift back to that stuff and do a little self-scouting and go, hey, we need to do more of this because it worked for us in the past and they get back on track this week. Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think the thing that sticks out to me about that group right now is that they still are tremendously well schemed. Um, like their play action shots are excellent. They're very well designed. They get great pull on the linebackers. They're good at finding isolation routes in terms of, you know, when you have a two man route combination, you need to make sure you're accounting for the other coverage players. And they're good at getting those coverage players to fit their run responsibilities and creating a ton of space. Uh, against the Giants, for example, Aaron missed a wide open Romeo dubs on a post. You know, again, there's that Aaron Rodgers kind of lack of efficiency. And I think the other thing is that this team last year was a run first team. And I think a lot of people say that doesn't make sense because Aaron Rodgers is on the team. But I think they were like, I think they were second or third last year. You can double check me on this um, in terms of r- runs called. Um, and obviously they're running a lot of plays, but they were very, very high in runs called and percentages of runs called. It was like Tennessee, New Orleans, Green Bay or something like that. And I think that they have become way less efficient running the football. I mean, A.J. Dillon's averaging like one whole less yard per carry. Um, same thing with Jones. It's it's a significant thing that's happening. And so the play action, it's not that the play actions become less efficient. It's they just can't sustain drives the same way i mean a huge feature of their offense quite frankly is the rpo stuff from gun which i like i said i think aj Dillon's less effective there and then they throw like a lot of bubble screens it looks a lot like scott turner's offense in that way right first and second down bubble screens rpos that aren't overly efficient in terms of like keeping you on schedule and um and I think that to me is like the biggest difference. Like the shot plays are still there. They still run a lot of drift. Alan Lazard against, oh gosh, was it the Giants or the Patriots had like a hundred yards receiving off a of drift, you know? And so it's still there. It's still effective, but they just aren't getting to it as frequently. They're not as effective in their run game. And um, they're not, they're not, they're really not effective on third down in terms of drop back passing. So obviously you're not going to run play action pass on third down if it's third and eight. And if you're in third and eight more, cause you've, you got a three-yard run, two-yard run on first down. You run your play action on second down. You're in third and eight. They've just been wildly inefficient there because they don't have that that horse to go to in uh, Devontae Adams. With Rodgers, the decision-making part of it is is really interesting. The yeah. fact that you say like, yeah, no, it's like he's not seeing the field as well, or you know, guys aren't. He, he's not hitting the guys like he he used to. And I wonder how much of that is the thumb. Um, you know, some of these. Just What's like going on with this thumb? we don't know i I mean at least i don't know like entirely what's wrong with it but he uh, he's got a thumb injury of some kind Mm. has Um, it been there the whole year so he heard it on that final play of the giants game in london when he went to go throw the hail mary got Mm. uh, rocked instead and uh obviously it was bothering him last week against the jets you can see that in some of the throws um and i always wonder when guys are hurt and i wondered about some of this with like carson uh on thursday night uh he only throws for those 99 yards like pain can cloud your mind um, mm-hmm. if you're thinking about it. So there's obvious physical limitations of you can't grip the football as well, or it might slip out or, you know, Rogers had that one play. Uh, I think it was in the second quarter last week where he takes a hit, but it, the ball actually like flies out of the back of his hand before he, uh, before he gets hit. And you just wonder like how much of that is physical, but also how much of that is mental. So like when you watch him and try to figure out what is going on there, how much of this is like, sees it well, misses throw, especially last week uh, when that thumb injury was a factor. How much of it is like sees it misses throw versus 
he just doesn't trust his guys uh, based off what you're able to tell on film. Yeah, I mean, they looked really, I don't say really bad. They just did not look very good last week. Couldn't really look good. So a big part of that is it kind of goes back to the stuff we were talking about before. Like he does not look comfortable or confident with certain guys. He's obviously got a very high comfort level with Alan Lazard. Like that is his guy. He wants to throw him the football. And um, and I get that. I understand that. I actually like Alan Lazard as a player. I think he blocks well. I think he makes contested catches. You know, he's a big guy, 6'5", 230 pounds. But you can't run an offense entirely through Alan Lazard. Like he needs – if he's going to be your one, he needs a strong number two. And Romeo Dubs is coming along, but there's times where you can tell Romeo is still figuring it out, you know. And mm. I think they've also been disappointed with Christian Watson and his development. That's the second-round pick that they traded up for to th- spot 34, the big kid, uh, 6'4", 205 pounds out of North Dakota, who ran the 4-3 or whatever he ran, 4-2. So he just hasn't come along in a nice way. He's dealing with an injury as well. So they do have some young playmakers yeah. – and by but, the way, just real quick, Randall Cobb being hurt is a big deal for them because that's like that's Rogers' ultimate. I trust that guy. Got sure. Him. And so he was like the big third down guy. So him being out, I think it the offense kind of focuses now on Allen. You know, uh, Allen Lazard. Like that's kind of and it's been the focus. And Romeo Dubs, like I said, has come along and he's had some nice splash plays and showing upside. So if he was a receiver on the Commanders, I'd be like, yeah, really excited about Romeo. But the chemistry issue there with Rogers is a little bit concerning. Like. Jahan has been tremendous with Carson. Like they've obviously got great chemistry. The chemistry with Dubs is not the same, and the chemistry with Watson is non-existent. So there's there's three there's two receivers in your offense that you can tell he doesn't like throwing the football to. So it was Al Nazard, Cobb, Robert Tunyon, Ryan Tunyon, Robert Tunyon, whatever Robert. his name is. Yeah. yeah, the tight end who is kind of he had a big game last week against the Jets. But outside of those guys, it's Aaron Jones, it's AJ Dillon. They had over half the targets last week against. The Jets over half the targets against the Giants or almost half. So again, the offense has changed pretty dramatically from what people think of when they think of the Green Bay Packers. It's not that same thing. Aaron, again, like I said, has not looked like Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't look quite the same. And I think that that is a, like I said, it's a reflection of the skill position, his chemistry. But to me, it's also something with his process is different. He's not doing the same things he normally does. He's not playing at that high level. He's not elevating that group. He kind of looks like Ryan Tannehill or, you know, Carson Wentz. Like that's honestly how he's looked the past couple of weeks. And I'm not saying he can't get out of that, but that's just right. That's the terrifying thing is like, okay, well, he's one week away from being Aaron Rodgers. Um, And, you know, if it happens this week, then you're screwed. Um, I mean, you think back to the game last year and some of the magic that he made where you're just like, oh, God. It's Aaron Rodgers, and and he still can extend plays. Like he can still do all that stuff. The question is, can he connect with the receivers? Um, the, the guy they brought in to hopefully be some of the solution for them in the offseason was Sammy Watkins. Yes. He's been on IR with a hamstring injury. Matt Lafleur saying on Wednesday that he would be a limited participant, but uh, cautioning that he wouldn't necessarily play against the Commanders. So there's a chance that Watkins is back, but more than likely. Uh, he's not going to be good to go yet. Um, but, you know, the the other interesting thing with the Packers offense to wrap up this part of the pod is 
Rogers' comments this week. Uh, he said kind of the same thing after the game on Sunday, and then you know he does his weekly appearance with Pat McAfee. Has been saying the same thing. Like we need to simplify. What does a simpler version of the Packers' offense look like, and <laughs> and how could that be more effective? Slash, what are the, you know we haven't really we've talked a lot about the Packers and what they do. Like the Commanders matchup wise, like what what do they do against what you expect uh, Green Bay to do? Yeah, so I think the interesting thing is. When he said that, I was a little bit surprised, right? It's not like, you know, I think when you watch, you know, Kansas City, when you watch San Francisco, when you watch Miami, they're, you're like this, they're doing a lot of stuff. You can tell there's a lot of responsibility on these guys. And there is an element of like the check with me kind of plays, the can plays, calling two plays at the line of scrimmage. There's an element of that in Green Bay. But in terms of pass concepts, to me, most of the neurological load and responsibility falls on the tight ends and the running backs. They're the ones that have to carry a lot of that in terms of protections and things like that. The receivers, I don't necessarily see what they do as being overly challenging. I mean, I'm sure it is to a certain extent. And maybe when you got a guy like Dubs coming from Nevada, a really simplified kind of air raid offense, it's it's a little bit hard to kind of keep up because he's the guy that I see consistently making mistakes right like in terms of running routes and bumping into people and it's not like he does it every single play but it you know there's two or three a game where you're like that doesn't look right and yeah. who's who's the crux of it it's 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 that guy so um i think that's an element so i was surprised by that quite frankly and you know matt lafleur came out and was basically like you know i i don't agree with that or i don't understand what he's saying when he says that and i i'm obviously i'm friends with matt or i i know matt and i have a relationship with matt i would side with matt based on the film but Aaron Rodgers obviously has a perspective on that and, and more insight on the offense and what's happening than I do. Yeah. I also think though that Aaron Rodgers is no dummy on media stuff. Um, you know, sometimes he said some crazy stuff away from football, but I also think he knows what he's doing there. Like he, I could see him saying something to kind of throw people off the scent and not having any basis in fact or reality. Um, <laughs> and so if he's like, ah, oh, we need to simplify it. It gets people talking about that. And then he's like, all right, Matt, let's, let's get to work and do what we actually need Maybe. to do. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I always take a little bit of what Roger says with a grain of salt, um, whether it's on purpose or whether he's just like, you know, that dude says stuff. And so, you know, it is, that is what it is. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how he looks because obviously he can make a lot of things happen on his own outside of scheme, outside of, uh, the timing of a play. And if they aren't disciplined in what they they're doing, like, you know, you have a slip up deep, takes one play, takes one explosive. And especially if the offense is not going to be super productive, which we don't know yet. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, what our prediction is, you know, it, it doesn't take, it takes two to three plays to completely change a game uh, where you give up a couple touchdowns and on plays you otherwise would have gotten stops. And that's, that's all teams have needed to beat the commanders over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I, yes, I agree, but I do think what you, you look at what the jets did, you look at what the giants did, you look at what new England did and they're playing a little bit more man. And one of the reasons I think you do that is because there's nobody outside of Aaron Jones that ex scares you from an explosive play standpoint. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I really like Alan Lazard. I think he's a good football player. But I think you bring in a guy like Benjamin St. Juice to match up with a guy like Alan Lazard. And that's perfectly mm. in Benjamin St. Juice's wheelhouse. And I think if you say, how does Kendall match up with Dubs? I think a veteran cornerback in Kendall Fuller should win that matchup nine times out of ten. Randall Cobb's out, right? I think um, Wild Goose, whoever the third guy is, I think it's Armani. Or yeah, not Armani. Yeah. Yeah, Amari Rogers. Amari Rogers. Yeah, thank you. From Clemson, I think he's a good football player, but I think you feel 
okay about that. So I, I say adopt the same principle because what they've been doing, and this is a response that they've cultivated over the last couple of years since Matt's been there, is when they get press man, they throw a fade. Fades are not a high percentage throw. You are basically getting them to throw away a down when you do that. That's what teams have been doing the past couple of weeks. It's 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 like clockwork. It's like press man, we're going to throw a fade. Sometimes Alan Lazard comes down with it. Most of the time, no. You know, not most of the time, no, but it just it, it's not there. Whether he's throwing it to Dubs, Cobbs, whoever it is, he hasn't been hitting it with the same regularity. Rogers, I'm talking about. So that's what I would say. I would say lean into that. I know you don't want to be that guy too much, but he, that's giving them a lot of problems. Let's do that. Let's see if we can take care of that because you seem to have the personnel to match up with those guys and feel good about the results of that matchup. The other thing I'd say is um, and then Cam Curl can match Aaron Jones because he's excellent in that area, and I think that you feel good about that whole thing. The other thing that I think is absolutely 1,000% the key to this game is making sure you keep A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones quiet in the run game. This is a – get this out of your mind that this is Packers who's throwing the ball over the yard. This is a run-first football team. If you cannot stop the run versus this football team, they will win the game, much like Tennessee. It's all—it's not the same as Tennessee because Aaron Rodgers is more dynamic than Tannehill, but its it feels like that right now on Thursday going into the game. Like if you can't stop the run, everyone, everyone they played the past couple of weeks has been able to do that. You should be able to get that done. I watched uh, Quentin Williams last week absolutely annihilate them. Man, Dex- I saw him. I saw his his just keep flashing, and I'm like, John Allen's got to be watching this tape being pumped as the three technique in this defense. And Dexter Lawrence the week before, the, the nose guard, was absolutely on fire. The, the interior of that offensive line and the right tackle are not playing at a high level right now. They just they don't seem to understand conceptually what's happening. Like I see guys running outside zone, for example, and the back's an offset gun, which, again, they didn't do a lot of last year, but they're overreaching everything. The back's got to make two guys miss in the backfield just to get back to the line of scrimmage. This is a game that they should be able to take advantage of that 1,000%. Now, they do do some really fun, innovative game plan stuff from a run game standpoint, and I would, if I was Matt LaFleur, I would wind back the clock and bring some of that stuff back. They show it, but they don't rely on it the same way that they did last year. So if I'm Jack, I'm thinking – they're in a little bit of a rut. This is the strength of their team. How do you get to the strength? And it's getting to more of these fun game plan runs. I would expect to see some of that this week. If I'm if I'm kind of looking into my crystal ball, I would make sure I have some type of contingency in the in the bag for those opportunities.